What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Some of that. That's our new thing. Some of that on a Wednesday. On a a hump day. On a on a what? On a cold day? Hump day. Oh, a hump day. Hump. I don't like that. <laughs> oh God! <coughs> well, yeah. Well, what I what I'd like to talk about right now is um. What do you weather. want to talk about? No, the you, seasonal weather we're, we've been having. What? Actually, yeah. is that where this is going well, right now? Yeah, yeah. Because fuck me. Because this is the this is the time of year where I go. Oh, I'll. I won't be taking my clothes off now for another seven months because right. it's too cold. Yeah. And, uh, I, it was starting to get cold around mid August. And, uh, 
and then it heated up again in September. But in mid-August, I my mom gave me this bathrobe that was hers <clears throat> in a show or something that she wore. And it was like this terry cloth, blue, fuzzy robe, zero sexiness factor whatsoever. But I was like, fuck, <laughs> right. it's warm. Yeah. So I've been wearing this like very unstylish, very unsexy bathrobe, which I left behind in PEI because I... I knew I could only get away for it with it for so long before right. Todd was like, right. Hmm. Get that the fuck you know, out of here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> cause it, cause and it look, cause it looks so gross or just cause it's, is it an eyesore an even to have, robe. is it an eyesore an even old, to have hanging up? No, I mean, no, it's just a nice soft, it looks like a towel. Right. It's just a nice soft blue robe, but there's like, it sounds nice. Does it have a hood on it? No, no hood. Man. No. I'm telling you. So, so I've been, uh, I went out to the, I went to the, I went to the spa. I took a spa day for myself. Uh, Brian, I took Brian to the spa once he got out of his quarantine. And uh, the Sensi, the spa out in, out in Chester. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, uh, the, uh, the lady that I'm dating works there. And so I went out with Brian and uh, they have, they have robes that you can rent and the robes have towels or sorry, that was the, the man, I got to wake up. The robes have, <laughs> the, the, ro- the robes have eyes <laughs> and arms. The robes have personalities and no, the ro- <laughs> the robes have, uh, the robes have hoods. They have these big hoods in that like, and they like, they're these big, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, they're soft. They're really soft. Is it felt? No, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it, anyway, they're these really soft robes with these huge hoods. And you, yeah. you can ch- chuck the hood over and it's like the most comfy, luxurious thing. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm perusing the internet to find my own hooded robe. Because I, you, I simultaneously feel like a, like a spoiled bitch and a Jedi. You know, like yeah. I feel like I'm just being pampered. And at any moment, I could also whip at a lightsaber and cut your fucking dick off. I'm pretty sure that the robe you're wearing today, this morning, um, is a robe that I bought you, like way at the beginning of our relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's an yeah. old, that's an old ass robe, and it's it is quite it's quite soft. It's what is that felt? Um, it's very 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 soft. <laughs> I don't know what it's made of, but there there are these local robes that are definitely more like fashionable. Mm. And uh, hi, bye, and um, and I I feel like uh, I could probably get away with wearing one of those um, around my house in, in terms of not offending my partner who has to look at me in it probably right. all day. I um, want to, you know what I want to get I into. Just, I, I saw I saw Nicole Dubell wearing. Um, she was wearing like a like a satin. Um, uh, she just tweeted like where, like she bought this like satin, um, like kimono. I want to get into warm. I know, I know, but I want to get into, I want to get into wearing those kimonos. Yeah. Yeah. Kimonos and just, just kimonos and underwear. Like Matt, uh, uh, Mark, uh, Rubier, the, uh, you don't know who, who I'm referring to, but he's a, an internet music making hilarious human, but. That's like his kind of outfit. And I'm like, that looks so comfortable though. You know? I yeah, want, but you'd be freezing. I would be, but I, I like to keep the house kind of warm. 
That's true. You know, you do. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I just, when I was just like, when we were getting ready to record, I was like, what, what's like actually on my mind right now. And so I Googled how to stay sexy when it's freezing outside. Mm. And, uh, I got a lot of different results on like how to still dress slutty, even in, in winter when it's freezing. And, um, how to have naked out naked sex outside when it's freaking cold. Ooh, so how do you do that? How, do you tell? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't quite buying it. Um, it, it was it, so like step one was um, was about like make sure like be prepared, like be a be a scout, like have warm mm. blankets, a first aid kit, water, snacks, a boots, first a shovel. Aid kit? Jesus, oh Christ. yeah, a shovel. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, that's, you know, you want to be prepared for cold weather no matter what might happen. So I don't know. If, right. I mean, a warm sleeping bag? I don't know. And then uh, and then it goes on to address like outside, like the hot tub. And like if you're going to have sex, if you're going to have <clears throat> penetrative sex, you should you should insert it. It says insert outside the water and then get in, which I don't know. Like, I don't know who's magazine this is or whose advice this is but you know it does I, warn against like being yeah. caught outside naked and and things like that but i i do not i would never recommend sex in a hot tub to me that just sounds that just sounds like well Infection i don't know i don't yeah i mean I, I don't have a hoo-ha so i don't i should shut the fuck up i don't know i shouldn't be speaking i mean i guess it's totally up to you i mean i'm sure some people just have like bulletproof vaginas you know and they're like well it doesn't fucking bother me none it just to me it just sounds like you're asking for some sort of some sort of infection yeah like some people's microbiome might might be able to withstand that kind of you know intense environment but yeah like my guts dude i have my guts are nuts like i i could eat i could eat like just straight raw fucking chicken and I think I'd be good. Like, I think I'd be fine. I think it's because of the enzymes that I have to take. I think I think I take I take uh, these oral enzymes and I swear to God, I think they like they just beat the shit out of like what? Like, I've never had food poisoning in my life ever. Not never, one, never once had it. Don't know what that means. Don't know what that feels like. Just like like I've never had, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm getting car sick like I, that. I don't know what that is. And same with food poisoning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to knock on wood. I'm just going to I'm just going to be real fucking cocky about it. I knock on wood for you. Nope, you don't even need to because I uh, did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going <clears> to keep doing it. I could eat a gar. I could. I just eat straight garbage, hot, hot garbage, and be totally fine. I think because of my enzymes. Um, but there was something I wanted to say that was relevant. Oh, right. Uh, I've tried the sex outside during in winter, and um, and it was it was like impromptu, straight from the bar. Um, uh, into the alley. It, it, actually, into a into a into a uh, uh, into a building that was being constructed. So onto a construction site, and it was so cold, it did not work. Uh, it was so cold that it was like we tried, and then I was like, "This is not going to be. This is not going to succeed." No, my I, I took. I took my wi- my willy out and it just it just was like dude nope put me back in a fucking hot pocket because this is not <laughs> hot pocket um yeah <laughs> yeah i think like you know cold when we sense cold it's like survival instinct kicks in not like mm. reproduce instinct mm, you know yeah 
this is. But anyway, uh, one of the things uh, I've discovered is that if you get a nice, sexy camisole, uh, you might be warmer. So now I'm looking at a sexy. What's, what's a camisole? Camisole. Um, it's like a. Um, uh, <laughs> it's like a tank top. Like a little tank top that goes on underneath the rest of your clothes. And you'll see them in like lingerie sets all the time. But like you can get like a cami pajama set as well. And it's like a tank top and like little shorts or whatever. And that, that is literally just a tank top. This is a camisole? Yeah, I know. Yeah, a camisole. Yeah, yeah, it's a ta- why, why call it camisole? It's a tank top. Yeah, what? it serves a different purpose. It's supposed to, It's underwear. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Are you Googling camisole? Yeah. Uh, yes. And you know what? Google image search. This is a, this is a nostalgic uh, moment for me. This is... Is what you masturbated to as a teenager. This is it? exactly what I jerked off to when I first started jerking off. The Sears catalog of lingerie was the... Was prime spank material for me as a kid. Yeah. I was... Yeah. I was looking at like... Um, I would go to the bra section. I think I was even looking for like the, uh, like, like, like breastfeeding bras in the series oh. catalog. Like, like, yeah. Uh, Why? Because uh, the because the boob boob popped out of it. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, no, because they were just huge. <laughs> huge bras. I'm gonna not, Google yeah. huge. Huge bras, and then this will be the image for this episode. Um, (laughs) Google image huge bras, and then the third image in from the left uh, is amazing. I think it's exactly what you're looking for. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Stop. This is uh, And, and folks, uh, just so you know, if you want to see what it is we're looking at, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on. And you can actually uh, see the oh, image here. Is. We've got huge <laughs> bras, and uh, that though that is a huge. Bra- I don't know what's going on there, though. No, <clears> I don't think it's. I'm a- not really sure. It's a huge bullet bra. Um, that can't those. It can't be the real shape of the boobs, could it? What are well, what, what, where, where were the point of bullet bras? That was like that was a big thing, eh? Like back in the back in the day. Well, okay, so if you look at like vintage bras and they're very pointy, I think there was an aspect of that that was like taking away some of the femininity of it or something like trying to sort of um, soften uh, or sharpen, I guess, like the curves. So it was like a little less. I don't know, though. It's a really good question. Um, I seem to recall it being something about like not wanting them to be too sexy. The bullet bra was quickly integrated into the look of Hollywood starlets as it had become the bra of choice to wear under their tight sweaters. This was due to the fact that the bullet bra allowed women to add a cup size to their bust and provide an overly exaggerated pointed look to their breasts. So really it was just like, let's make our, our tits look bigger and pointier. Yeah. And it was just, it was kind of like a fad. There's like a very specific look with those like little cashmere sweaters and stuff that go over top of them. Mm. Just like pointy boobs. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, interesting. Right. Why? I mean, bras are not terribly comfortable. I think most of us would, would <clears throat> say the same. They're very like, 
neat little pieces of of underwear and lingerie though like if you really go if you if you don't necessarily need support if you're a small breasted woman like myself yeah yeah i don't need necessarily like to have them held up for me in any sort of way right but um but i still don't i still don't wear them even though i think they're quite sweet looking often quite sweet looking because i do feel like when they when i remove it at the end of the day I go, oh, it's this has actually been impacting the way that I've been breathing all day. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're wearing like, dude, totally. It's like it's wrapping around your, you know, your intercostal muscles. It's like, I mean, depending on the kind of bra you're wearing, it's probably like constricting your diaphragm a bit. It would definitely have an effect on the way you breathe, especially if you, especially if you're like wearing one of those, like, like I'm picturing like a like a Lululemon sort of like mm. sports bra, you know, like oh yeah, it's like it, it that reminds me of like the the sort of like compression underwear I I wear sometimes, but that just feels feels nice, feels like a nice hug on my cock. Someone okay, just, I was just, not aware you're wearing you, compression underwear. Well, not comp- not compression underwear like the shit that like you know someone with varicose veins has to wear on their legs, but like. There's uh uh I most of my underwear is Lululemon just because it's so comfy and also because oh. I was an ambassador there and so I had like a lot of money that I got to spend for free there <clears throat> and their underwear is very expensive but they have a they had a type of underwear that was like um they were their compression underwear so they're they're, they're they <clears throat> they hug pretty tight um but I would buy like a size up so that they they still hugged, but they weren't like hugging and constricting. And okay. it's the most comfortable underwear I've ever had. And they've lasted forever because I haven't been an ambassador there for like, uh, fuck, I don't know. It's been like three and a half, maybe f- almost four years. Still got mm-hmm. that underwear. Still wear it fucking daily. I need new underwear. I, I, I need new underwear. And at the same time, I don't usually wear it. I don't usually wear underwear. So I don't know what to do because I feel like I'm kind of over the thong. I'm definitely over the G-string. I don't know if I like the thong. I like it because I don't really like having underwear lines. Right. But then I don't know. They're just, are you, I are haven't you, found the right underwear. Do you not wear underwear out. with denim? No. Man, that, I don't know. I, know. I, I can't wrap my head around that. I know, and it, and it it's yeah, it's not it's not always super comfortable, but uh, but I again like most of my clothes are for comfort, so I'm not wearing like raw denim. <clears throat> it's not getting up in there, yeah, like right. seams of raw denim up up in there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I do wear but, some like pretty pretty hard hard denim. You know. Yeah, I can't imagine. You have more sort of to worry about getting like pinched and like where are you going to put that if it's not all sort of held together in one spot? Yeah. Mine's just pretty tucked away. So Hmm. anyway. (sighs) Riveting conversation. Riveting. Riveting stuff here. All this to say though, like um, I got to figure this out because what happens is I go into total hibernation mode and then I'm Mm. like, yeah, I'm not coming out. And then that just takes a real... That makes my sex life just dive down the down the tube. If I can't be cold for a second, yeah. I mean, like <clears throat> I'm telling you, the the uh, um, the electric blanket 
is kind of a godsend. You know, you, you take that thing, you tuck it under the sheets, turn that fucker on high. Within five minutes, you're like, get this fucking thing out of here. I'm too hot. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, a bit of a, that'll get your junk all heated up. You know, your nips uh-huh. will be sweating. And you know, nothing's hotter than sweaty once, nipples. Once those nips start leaking sweat, it's time to <laughs> make a fucking baby. You know, <clears throat> should we? Uh, should we? Should we try helping some people with their problems? Yeah, with sure. Their, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, yeah. Let's do something more productive. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so we have a couple. Um. So we actually. Uh, we actually read this one um, a few weeks ago in a private, in a, not a private, in a, in a live show, but um, we, we did not take that live show recording and release it as an episode. So we thought we would uh, read it again this week and share with you the response uh, to it by our friend Tia, <clears throat> who is um, a wonderful counselor out on the West coast of Canada and uh, she was our guest for that live show. And she just has such incredible insight that um, for our listener who submitted this brain boner, we thought we, we've got to make sure that we can share this response with her and with any one of you out there that might be sort of dealing with some of the same feelings. So you good to go, Jeremy? Yeah. I mean, I'm good to go. Are you good to go? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's hit it. Okay. Hey, Jeremy and Bridie. I am a 21-year-old woman from... I'll just say a small town. Um, I've recently graduated from the university in the small town. Uh, you really don't. You can say what it is because we, in the answer, we go in depth talk into. About it? Yeah, we talk specifically about St. John's. Okay, so she's <clears> the, the word St. John's comes land? up like a thousand times, so we kind of <laughs> have to. At this point, we have to. I recently graduated from Memorial University, and I feel like I'm at a weird place in my life. All my friends are in long-term relationships, and I haven't dated anyone since high school. My years living in residence, though, were crazy, I must say. No lack of sexual attention there. Anyways, my entire life, I have been a huge ally for the LGBTQA plus community, always attending GSA meetings in high school. That's the Gay Straight Alliance. Um, even becoming the head of the committee for two years. Many of my friends are part of this community, and I'm always referred to as the straight one. All of my sexual interactions have only ever been with men, and quite frankly, I hate myself for it. I find it hard to accept my heteronormative identity, almost to the point of wondering if I have any sexual attraction to women. I even find myself watching girl-on-girl porn more often. In the past, there has been one woman I felt a strong connection to, but again, I was always the straight one, so flirting gets confused with kindness and friendliness. In St. John's, everyone knows everyone, so I struggle to bring myself to experiment with my sexuality. I fear changing my online dating profiles to interested in women, as I don't want my community to think I am changing because of my friends, or to think that I'm going through a phase. Because of my experience as an ally and my deep love for this community, I find myself hating myself more and more each day for following into heteronormative roles. I love cooking, baking, taking care of others, etc., The idea that my life is easier because of what I identify as and what I enjoy doing brings me so much guilt and shame, almost as if I don't deserve to be accepted in this community. 
listening to your podcast. I've soaked up every bit of information I could. I love learning about this community so incredibly much. It's almost spiritual to me. The idea of knowing exactly who you are, what you love, who you love, how you love. It brings me a certain kind of peace, but I know I will truly have peace when I'm able to figure my own self out. I suppose in summary, my brain boner is this. What kind of advice do you have for individuals who find themselves struggling with their heteronormativity? How can I experiment and truly find out who I like and what I like without disrespecting the community? I feel like there may be other listeners who feel the same way I do. Even on a brain boner a few weeks ago, Jeremy mentioned that he feels straight-ish, and that's the closest thing I can come to feeling a connection to at this time. Thanks for reading. So <clears throat> this is the answer that our guest Tia at our live show uh, gave to that brain boner. And there's a lot of like really important context to this question. Mm. So like, first of all, St. John's, Newfoundland, <laughs> that's like, uh, we can't, honestly, when we talk about experimenting and trying to explore one's sexuality, we cannot look at that in isolation, honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's why college, like this beginning of college phase, like if folks are in small rural towns where everybody knows everybody's business, um, college is like that opportunity that like bright light at the end of the tunnel for anybody who is curious or questioning um and so I think Jer Jeremy you're asking about like people are kind of screwed right now with COVID there's like mm -hmm. this new so there's a whole new level of social responsibility other and like I mean this person aptly names heteronormativity that's like another you know barrier that we have and it's thicker in rural towns and uh, small campuses or you know, wherever, if your mom works at campus or whatever, like there's all kinds of things that can happen. Um, so I really want to just name, if you're in a small town, this makes it a lot more difficult. Um, there are a lot of people who feel guilty about blending uh, in with heteronormative expectations. I just want to like name that as um, a pretty common experience where people feel like they have to earn their stripes before they can take on an identity label. Mm. And I think we, uh, I may have mentioned this in our first episode in my thesis, I, I found this uh, concept of gay thresholds is what I named it. Cause I'm really, really apt with concepts, I guess. Um, but they were the, like the hurdle in which somebody had to overcome before they could take on an identity. And so for some people that's watching girl on girl porn and they're like, great, I'm gay. Like I, I get the tinglys when I see that stuff. Perfect. Right. Um, but for other people, it's like, you know, having sex with a woman. For other people, it's, um, you know, having romantic feelings for a woman. And the thing is that those are all individual and we make that shit up. There is no systematic gay threshold. So whatever this person deems appropriate for themselves to identify as whatever they're hoping to, um, even if it is questioning, even if it is heteroflexible, even if it's, um, you know, um, um, you know, bi-curious or whatever label feels good, they can share that with themselves and hold on to that and see how that feels for a while. And it can change as mm. things go on. Like that's perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, the issue is that when they do, if they do decide to come out or start to explore, um, other people may have other gay thresholds that they're coming up against. So right. this person may be like, I know this in my gut that I have some queer tendencies and I don't know what that looks like yet because I haven't had any experience. 
Um, and then you may come up against somebody who's like, oh, you've never had sex with a woman before. Like, never mind. And that's something that um, is a unique experience to folks who are bi or queer or somewhere in the middle. Um, and that's very difficult. So I just also mm. want to name that. And there's a double discrimination where you get discriminated by straight people and gay people. And it's, and it sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just want this person to just be really honest with himself first. It sounds like they're in, they're like really stuck and they're, they're like, there's a whole story around all the should, the shoulds they have Ooh. in regards to, oh, if I'm actually queer, then I should have done this or I should be doing this. And that's just not how it works. It's like so individual, got to consider the context, got to consider your safety. Like it's so hard to explore. Just like with COVID times, people don't want to have, so like stress is actually such a libido killer that like, yeah. you know, it's the same thing if you're like scared that somebody's going to find out. Some people are into that. But if you're not, that's going to like really shut things down. It's going to make it very difficult for you to explore. So just to be really kind with yourself and compassionate and patient. You're 21. Um, I know it feels like it's been a long time and all your friends are in long-term relationships, but mm. um you know, just to be kind to yourself so that other people, when they come in, at least you have your own back when it comes yeah. to your own. Yeah. That, that was one of the things that like, that stuck out to me was that I, I felt like there was, you know, there's, I, I was in therapy yesterday or the day, day before and, and me and my therapist, we did this, you know, I've gone through a bunch of like a bunch of bullshit over the last uh, few months, just like everyone else has. Um, and in trying to deal with like all the, you know, grief and loss and yeah. the things that have been really hard, we, we, him and I did this, uh, loving kindness meditation. Yes. And, and the way that it ended was with, you know, like picturing yourself and seeing yourself and, and telling yourself like, you know, you, I, I, I wish you happiness. I wish you peace. I wish you like ease in life and, you know, just know that you are loved or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I came out of it and I was like, there was this moment of, <clears throat> of kind of shedding, shedding off some of the, some of the, the weight that had been, that had been built up over time of, uh, and weight of like myself almost hating on myself. You know, there was like, I was, I was shedding like that self loathing and, and opening up space for like more self-love and self-acceptance mm. and self, you know, reassurance. And I, and that was the, when I read this email, that was like the first thing that came to mind was like, I, to the listener who wrote that, that question, I hope you, I hope you start to see that self-love a little bit more. And I think that <clears throat> I feel like that's like, that's one, I mean, I, I, look, you said it to you, not me. There's many layers here, yeah. but I feel like that is one key part of the puzzle that like it's once that one. self-acceptance and self-love starts coming into their identity, mm-hmm. that they start identifying with the fact that they actually love who they are, regardless, regardless. of what they are, regardless, regardless. of what, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is such a huge, such a monumental step in, in, in then just falling into identity, into identity. Like if you, if you love yourself, then you have so much, you have such an easier way of like, of, 
of claiming your own identity and, yeah. and like putting that forward and being, and owning that, you know, like that's such a huge part of it. So yeah. the self-love thing I think is like so key. Yeah. Well, it's, this is tough enough. Like this is like coming to terms with your sexuality and what you're into in a rural town. That's tough enough. So like to, to be tough on yourself, it's just like, yeah. it, it's adding another layer of bullshit on something in that we're in a heteronormative society anyway yeah. You've been doing like social justice work for this uh, community. And sometimes when we're thinking about like sharing with other people, we often think of the worst case scenario. And then, you know, I don't want to belittle the fact that like the, the Maritimes as, as a, like a beautiful place I call home, yeah. um, you know, they, they, they have more conservative roots. And so it can be trickier. And I yeah. like, that's true. Um, but also if there is a practice of like, I'm doing this for me, and this like deep sense of like, I can't ignore this anymore. And that's like, I'm going to at least practice some like self, um, self-compassion and self-love around yeah. this. Pema Chodron does great. Um, I don't know if that's kind of what your therapist was on, but Pema Chodron is awesome and has wonderful loving kindness meditations. Mm, um, yeah. If you can't make that up for yourself, there are lots of people who are helping help you and this. guide you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, the sure. other, I mean, th- this might be totally silly to say, but I'm, I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland, and oh. I love St. John's. And here, I'll, I'll also say this. Be that person. <clears throat> be that person that that is like, fuck this. I'm going to bring the change to this place because it needs to happen. And, it, and, and that change, that change comes from people like you and I, you know, that change comes from the people who go, I'm going to stand up and, and, and dig my feet into what I believe in. And not not conform to you know whatever weird backwards bullshit that I, I that I'm told that I need to follow because I'm from wherever you know but fuck nowhere you can say it any I mean Calgary like I don't know I don't want to car stairs I don't know I honestly I have no idea what I I don't know anything about car stairs except for my uncle lived there and I went once and I was like hey this is a this is a pretty there's not a lot of people here so I, <laughs> to, if, I if anyone lives in car stairs I'm so sorry. <clears throat> but you know, there's small towns everywhere. And, and I think that, um, I think that that change is only going to come through the people that, that really just like live their most authentic selves and very, a lot easier said than done, but it is. And she's already doing that. So I really want to <clears throat> acknowledge like being part of the GSA in St. John's Newfoundland mm. is already a huge part of that. And so thank yeah. you for that work. Um, it gets a little more intense when it's about yourself. So I understand that as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Can you define GSA? Because I'm not sure yeah. I know what that means. It's Stay a gay straight, straight alliance. alliance. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So it, the straight is in there, right? And especially if people are assuming that's like, because as soon as I came out, I was pro, I was president of the Pride Society. Like I was, we didn't have a GSA in university. I came out third year at the Mount. Um, and I came out of the closet with like a parade behind me. Like I was, was insane. Um, and be like there, everybody in pride was assumed to be queer. And so that wasn't necessarily safe, but in GSA, people can have that flexibility of, of being straight and, and being an ally. Um, and so she, it sounds like she's, or they have been lumped in with, with this and, um, that can be a really tricky thing when there's extra expectations on you as the straight person and, it's tricky. It's tricky yeah. for sure. All right. There you have it. Uh, that was our answer from Tia. <clears throat> and uh, I chimed in there a little bit with a little bit of uh, a little bit of self-love 
uh, uh, as, as a, as a point of, of advice. And yeah. So it's, it's funny every time you read, we, you know, often we'll, you, we'll read these emails, they come in, we read them once mm. and then we go to read them on the show and we read them again. But now this is probably like the fifth time I've read this. Um, and I, you get something different from people's writing in like there's so little context i mean there's enough context in here to tackle this question but like we don't know you or 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 you know i wonder how you're doing because this this you know this came back in 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 august and um you know i went through a brief time in the in the i don't know i want to say in the spring with this this idea that heteronormative roles were like I was stuck with mine mm. uh, because I liked them. I like, <clears throat> I, you know, I like cooking as well. And I, you know, I, I'm naturally, I naturally take care of people and I like doing things around my house that are just like t- totally and making crafts and like all of this mm. stuff. And I'm like, Oh, such a, I'm such a, I don't know, not, not, not really diversifying my, my interests outside of what's heteronormative, but I guess in the last, over the last six months, there's just like, there's so much to fucking tackle about our own psychology and our own like whatever. And what I'm interested in is now, it's just what I'm fucking interested in. And I'm not really interested in like defending it or picking it apart. I just, I don't, it's one thing in my life right now that I don't need to process. Just fucking do what makes you feel good. Yeah. If it feels good, do it. Like you're, you're, everything is okay. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're okay. You're exactly where you need to be. If it feels yeah. good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, reassess, you know, mm-hmm. which is a constant thing that I think we need to like remind ourselves. <clears throat> it's constant. You can't just like do one thing for your mental health and be like, well, I did that thing. Like no. I meditated once. Yeah. Now I'm great. Yeah. It's it's um i started on my meditation practice back into it about a, about a month and a half ago because i was just feeling really dark and then it's like almost immediate like 4 days into a regular committed practice and like oh mm. my god i feel better already and then work took over and um i started doing these epically <clears throat> long days and i fell off my practice and it's just been the last 2 days where i'm like I feel like I did a month and a half ago, but just knowing that I can sit down on like the floor for 30 minutes a day for four days in a row minimum. And I'll, and I'll be not in this, like I'll be not in this kind of blue state. You were sitting for uh, 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. Wow. dude. Yeah. I just jumped in. I just jumped in. I was like, I can do, I know I can do 30 minutes. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed it because it's all, it was always around the twenty five minute mark that I'd be like, mm. "Okay, now I'm now I'm here." Right. The first twenty five are just me battling myself. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could use some of that these days right now. Yeah, there's a lot that I could use in my life right now. <laughs> and that is one of those things. But defending your heteronormative interests are not one of them. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. No, I feel pretty okay about that side of things. That's good. I mean, I don't know. Like, like, I mean, do like, do I, do I have, am I, am I just chock full of heteronormative interests? I don't even. Yeah. Cars, trucks, 
don't, I don't give a fuck about trucks. <laughs> like I don't really care about cars that much. I mean, I do video game. Well, that's I, not really heteronormative. I do. I no, no, that's not. No. Walking around in underwear and a kimono. Yeah, yeah. Is that though? Either I don't even know. <laughs> I can't quite put a put my finger on what's heteronormative about you, Jeremy. I can't getting either. a haircut every three weeks. Getting a haircut every two weeks, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. That I guess that would kind of be that could be, but also is that I don't know. You know, I go to the spa. I get my toes. I get my pedicures. I keep my toes done. I get. I keep this nail painted all the time. If you want to see this nail, go to Patreon.com/slash Turn Me On and become a patron. You can see how shiny my nail is. Oh, well, that's re- pretty. I got to re- redo it. I've gotten really good at it. I'm doing it myself. Painting now. your own nails. Yeah, I got some tips, and now I put those tips to use, and it fucking works really well. You know what the you know what the trick is. What? <clears throat> Leah taught me this and Leah learned it from an esthetician. You do, you only do three strokes. That's it. Middle, side, side. Let it dry. Middle, side, side. Don't fuck around. Don't try well, to touch two up. Coats? Just, uh, well, two coats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, depending on the color and, and what you're looking at, but yeah, just three strokes. One, two, three. That's all you need. Don't overdo it. Less is more. <laughs> And next week, Jeremy will be uh, discussing uh, uh, eyeshadow palettes for uh, blue eyes. So, uh, no, I know I don't. Uh, I don't think I got that. I don't have that skill down yet. Not yet. <clears throat> give me, give me a little bit of time. But All right. Well, let's uh, let's <clears throat> throw to this week's conversation. I'm really excited for it. Um, Lisa Don Hamilton is a. Very smart neuroscientist. human. Neuroscientist. And, uh, and so we sat down and we talked to her about something that I've been really curious about as of late, which is the, 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 the brain chemistry, the physiology of falling in love, of new relationship energy. Because um, uh, as most of you probably know, I've been in the throes of new relationship energy right now, um, dating someone new and... It was, you know, it was feeling really intense. And, and I was, I was kind of curious. I had mentioned on the podcast how I was wondering what the fuck is going on in our brains, in our bodies when we're falling in love. Yeah. Um, what is the chemistry? Like what is, you know, it feels like it's a drug. Is, is it similar? And Lisa Don Hamilton sent us an email and said, hey, I know a thing or two about that. Let me come on the show. So that's what we spoke uh, to her about. And it is really, really interesting stuff. Um, and I feel like having listened to having had that conversation with her, I have like some more tools, I think in my tool belt in, in order to grapple with and wrap my head around what it means to fall in love and, and how to, how to do that in a way that is, um, that is taking care of yourself, but also taking care of your partner. So we hope you enjoy this conversation. And uh, we will see you on the other side. Well, this is fun, Lisa Don. This is the uh, this is the second time we've had you on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and and okay, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene here. 
a few weeks ago, I think I had like briefly mentioned to you, Bridie, that, you know, I was talking about like new relationship energy and like and, and people falling fall, that the, the idea of falling in love and how that's a really intense and really exciting time period for 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 people. Um, if anyone's listening right now, like if you can think back to the if you're in a current relationship, think back to like the first couple of months of that first relationship, how, you know, how new and exciting it is. And um, and I was talking to you, Bridie, about how and I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of psychedelics lately. And so I'm, I'm also thinking a lot about like, wow, like how are these psychedelics like rewiring my brain? And and it's also, you know, when you do psychedelics, it's very, a very intense, exciting elation filled period of time there's a lot of like similarities there and so i was wondering like man what like what is going on in the brain like what is happening to our psyche when we are experiencing new relationship energy when we get into a new relationship because it's it's i i i I don't want to speak for everyone but i know that i can't be alone in, in saying that it feels like there's some crazy chemistry going on in my brain when I'm falling in love with a new person. And so we get this email from Lisa Dawn, uh, basically chiming in to say, hey, I'm a smart person <laughs> and I know a thing or two about this. Uh, so, of course, we brought you back to sit down and talk to you about the science of new relationship energy. And I'm, I'm fucking really excited to, to learn something. Because I don't know, I don't know shit about fuck. So, awesome. Take it away, Lisa. Don. <laughs> sure. Uh, first of all, I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name is Lisa Don Hamilton. I'm a psychology professor at Mount Allison University. I also run a sex education business for grownups called Sex Ed East, and I have a sex-related podcast, more of a sex research podcast called Do We Know Things, where Ooh. we examine things we think we know about sex. And one of the things that I'm hoping to examine soon is new relationship energy and like what the heck is going on in your brain. So I'm glad mm. I was able to delve into it for this. So what is, you know, like what is what is going on in the brain? Am I or okay? Let, let me rephrase that. Am I correct in thinking that it is that there is like clearly something going on in our brains that is that is like outside of the the norm everyday thing? You know, like mm-hmm. are there are like if if you were to like st- stick my head in an MRI when I'm like Twitter pated, mm-hmm. are you versus stick my head in an MRI when I've been married for nine years? Um, are you going to see different parts of my brain light up or like what, what will we, what do we know about that? Yeah. So in terms of MRI and parts of the brain that are active, it really is basically like taking cocaine essentially. So your, (laughs) your dopamine reward system, which starts in the ventral tegmental area, which is a big rich source of dopamine that then sends dopamine to the rest of your brain. That's what's activated when you're doing drugs, uh, mostly things like cocaine, but also Mm. any rewarding drug. Uh, So whether it's opiates or psychedelics, psychedelics work also on serotonin and Mm. 
and so serotonin and dopamine. But yes, when you're, they've done studies of people who are in new relationships. So I think it's around six months in and who claim to be madly in love and they put them in the scanner and they show dramatic differences when they look at a picture of their beloved versus when they look at a picture of just a friend that they're close with. And it's mostly those dopamine reward system things. Okay. Can you break down the difference between dopamine and serotonin? Sure. Uh, So dopamine is often associated with reward and it's more of, um, I guess, like the feel good. Like that's, that's what gives you your state of euphoria. Um, Whereas serotonin, one of the most interesting, interesting things about serotonin is that it does a lot of things, but when you're in this new NR in the NRE state, the evidence seems to show that actually your serotonin is decreased And so you have lower serotonin and serotonin, if you think about when you treat antidepressant, when you treat depression with antidepressants Mm. or anxiety, a key symptom in depression and anxiety is rumination. So constant ruminating on thoughts over and over and over again. And then if you take an SSRI, it increases your serotonin. So you're less likely to ruminate. But in this case, if serotonin is low, you're just ruminating. So it's basically your brain is just constantly thinking about that person over and over and over again um, because your serotonin's low and then your dopamine and norepinephrine, which is like adrenaline, those are both high. And so you're like full of adrenaline, full of like the euphoric dopamine, and then the serotonin is low. And so you can't, like your thoughts are, it's difficult to control them essentially. Right. Interesting. Is this a mating? Like what, what does this have to do with like our, our like, primitive brain and like what what purpose does that chemical reaction serve there's a few theories about this but i would say probably the main one is the idea of uh bringing people together in a pair bond and for humans it's important to have people care for the offspring so you humans unlike other species if we give birth to a baby it cannot survive by itself and so the idea is to like bring people together very intensely (laughs) so they'll stay around at least for a while and there's also research that shows and i haven't looked into this recently but i remember years ago um that shows that those intense feelings tend to fade after well they fade quicker than this but um most divorces and relationships like four years is a really common time for relationships to end and Mm. one of the theories behind that is that essentially if you raised a child till it was four and then abandoned it like potentially it could survive on its own (laughs) and so like people are driven to be together for at least four years to bring a child into um function to be able to function on its own Turn Me On Podcast, we'll be back after this short break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So does that is that does that kind of mean that like like biologically like NRE potentially can last up to four years like like four years is like the length of period of time typically where, where then it starts to yeah what point does resentment what, what, <laughs> at, what is it at four years where yeah. it just yeah. everyone starts getting really resentful <laughs> yes. yes yeah no um in terms of nre specifically <laughs> like that intensity of nre yeah and you spoke to this a couple of weeks ago about homeostasis so your your body perceives nre as a stressor and it's knocking like our bodies like to be at the same level all the time. That's homeostasis. So yeah, yeah. our bodies want to have the same heart rate all the time. They want to have the same, you know, insulin production all the time, whatever. Mm. So your body's constantly trying to keep you at this baseline rate. And so when you're an NRE, your body is like, this is a stressor. We are not cool. We need to fix this. Mm. And so it shifts and changes all of those systems to sort of down-regulate your responses over time. So that's why the NRE part actually doesn't last four years. Uh, I don't know a good estimate of when, but I would say probably less than a year um, because it's really stressful on your body to be in that state all the time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I, that I, so I I think what, what kind of spurred this, this, uh, this curiosity in me was one particular moment where I felt as the, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this like new relationship and I was laying in bed, um, next to my, next to my, my new partner. And I remember like having this thought in my head where I was going, am I having a fucking heart attack? (laughs) Like I am like, it's like, it was like this, it was like, it was like fireworks in my in my chest and it wasn't a heart attack like this is scary this hurts it was like heart attack as in i'm i am so, i am so overwhelmed with elation that i'm i'm almost confused as to what to do or what is even remotely happening right now mm-hmm. um is that like i mean you know this is probably hard to answer but but if I was to, if I was to just guess what was going on in my body, like the way it felt, it felt as though I was getting, um, it felt very similar again to like, to a drug. It Mm -hmm. felt like I was getting, it felt like that, that moment where, you know, the Molly hits you way harder than you were expecting Mm -hmm. it to. Or it Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, the moment that you're, you're, you're coming up on LSD and you're, and you're, you're going, Oh, I, Oh, I just remembered. I took a, (laughs) 
I took a tab and a half of acid. <laughs> this is going to be wild. You know, like it was, it was almost like this, like, whoa, 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 like roller coastery sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've never felt that before. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that that intense before. Mm-hmm. So is, is like, like, is it very possible that that could have been this sort of, um, this dopamine response mm-hmm. or, or this, like this lowering of serotonin? Cause again, I find that idea of, of the, the serotonin being low so fascinating because I guess when we, when we, when we have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing that when we have a lot of serotonin, we get out of our head, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it, that's the thing that, that closes down our, our, um, what's it called? The, the, um, like the frontal lobes. Yeah. The, 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 uh, there's a name for it. Like it, it shuts down your, like if you did, if you did a high dose of mushrooms, it shuts down your, um, uh, fuck, what's the name? It's like, it, it, it's basically what causes ego death. It shuts down your, oh, there's a word for it. You idiot, Jeremy. How do you not know this right now? Like uh, your executive function? That your executive okay. function. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slows down your executive function. So it takes you like, you know, gets you out of your head and mm-hmm. less, less, you know, negative self-talk or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, yeah, I, I I lost where the fuck I was going there because of that brain fart. But is that is that what I was likely feeling? Like a sort of overdose of of like a smack of dopamine to the to the chest? Yeah, and it's it's dopamine and norepinephrine. So and norepinephrine is very closely linked to adrenaline. And so you're yeah, you're basically in that fight or flight mode. Your body's like <laughs> it was very fight or yeah. flight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that can- and what. Like, I guess, so our body then is like, okay, enough of this stress. Um, We need to be able to like, you need to be able to function and like behave in your ordinary life Mm -hmm. and go to work and think about other things. Um, Like what, so we, so we, we balance out at that point. Our, our, our things balance out at that point. Why is it, is it possible to like, I guess, conjure those feelings back if mm. if and when you need them mm-hmm. for for reconnecting to your partner cuz like i've definitely been in those new relationship energies where when they end i go wait a second i'm out of here i'm out of here this yeah. is not mm-hmm. like yeah. like my rose colored glasses are gone yeah. now and i don't know how i missed all of these like red flags <laughs> but you know i'm not pregnant and i don't need you around for <laughs> right, right. another 4 months <laughs> yes right <laughs> Uh, so you're saying in a long-term relationship, like how do you bring that back? Yeah. Like what, yeah. What are ways that we can make sure that we don't just like slide off into like, you know, taking someone for granted and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so on. Drugs. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's possible. Molly, um, just take the Molly. <laughs> People do. Yeah. I do think about Esther Perel's how she frames it as like when you, you have distance from someone, cause it's hard to desire someone when you already have Ooh. them. And so any sort of separation uh, can actually put you into a sense of withdrawal almost if it like, it's a physical separation yeah. because it is like a drug. So your body, if you're taking a lot of cocaine, for example, your body adjusts. And so you need more and more cocaine to get the same amount. But then if yeah. someday you don't have that cocaine, your body will be like extra depressed because it's waiting for the cocaine. I don't know if I explained that very well, but essentially like if your body is expecting that hit of that person around all the time, 
then it's going to be just whatever. And then if once the person leaves, your body can go a little bit into that withdrawal and like have the cravings again. Um, and it can make the coming back together potentially more rewarding. Mm. So that's one thing. But really anything that introduces novelty into the relationship uh, can like novelty and dopamine are kind of intermingled. And that's why when we're um, in a new relationship, there's all this dopamine because it's all new. And so introducing really anything new can help bring those feelings back again. Usually mm. not as intensely, but it can yeah. bring that in. So that's why absence makes the heart grow fonder. Potentially. Yes. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, <clears throat> the, um, I find it really, really, I've never, I've never heard nor thought about the NRE being a, a, a sort of fight or flight, like stress response. Mm -hmm. Um, is there, is there anything to be said for, for that, that response, um, playing out in a way where, where, Okay, so like like for myself, right? I'm in that I'm in that like fight or flight stress response, but I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I want yeah, more, yeah. I want more, I want more. Like I'm a, I'm the I'm the crackhead. I'm the fiend <laughs> who like can't get enough. Uh -huh. Um are there are there folks out there where when and whether this is like due to past circumstances or or past traumas or whatever, mm -hmm. where when they get into this like new relationship energy and that it's you know, it's a stress response, mm -hmm. are, does it do they have almost like the the inverse effect where where it's kind of like whoa like I gotta I gotta put the fucking brakes on because this is this is too scary this is too intense I don't want to I don't want to go there yeah you know, absolutely there, yeah mm -hmm. yeah so because it's dysregulating your nervous system different people are going to respond in different ways and if you have a history of nervous system dysregulation where it's meant actual danger and actual bad things it can totally throw people off and, and send them down a trauma spiral for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. What is there like, is, yeah. Is there any, is there anything, I mean, like from your po point of view, do, is there any kind of like advice that you would give to people who fall into that camp? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say depending where you are in your journey of, of learning to deal with your nervous system reactivity, um, engaging in things that you know will help ground you. And so one thing that I've been getting into a lot, um, it's based off of this person, Clementine Morrigan, who's based in Montreal. She writes all this stuff about like attachment and trauma and regulating your nervous system. Um, and especially in polyamory, like she has a whole course on regulating your nervous system in polyamory. Um, but she talks a lot about the polyvagal theory, and I looking into that can be super helpful just to understand what that means for you. Like they talk, talk about a polyvagal ladder. So when you're in the safe and social zone, which is when you're calm, regulated, like that you're able to think, you're able to have conversations. And then as you slip down the polyvagal ladder, so you go to fight and flight and some people can go all the way to freeze when you're when you start to slip down the ladder that can affect how you're able to think and function and so you can develop strategy strategies both for yourself and with your partner to help hmm. you feel safe and come back up the polyvagal ladder and 
one thing I want to note as well is going down that polyvagal ladder into fight or flight isn't a bad thing. Cause like you're saying, Jeremy, <laughs> if it feels great and you're into it, like this is awesome. And it's the same thing as, you know, if you're running a race, you know, your body is in yeah. that fight or flight state, but you, you're in control and you feel like it feels good. Whereas, and like when you're falling in love and it feels safe, then it feels good. But if you're f- having those feelings and it feels and it's signaling danger, then you need to develop strategies to bring yourself back into um, the safe zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can, cause I can see how that would be, you know, how that could trigger feelings of like, of, of, you know, if you're in a state of fight or flight, like that can be fucking scary. Mm-hmm. It can be a really scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny to think that that's, that, that it's so not, not funny, haha funny, but you know, the other way we use the word funny to think uh, it's funny to think that something so beautiful could be so, so challenging mm-hmm. you know, and so, and so hard to, to kind of just like surrender to. Mm-hmm. And what about the other side of that where it's like maybe we have personalities that are prone to attaching, like needing that feeling Mm -hmm. and not being able to really like withstand the decrease of those chemicals. So like a series of short new relationships like what, what's that look like from, I guess from like a mental health perspective, like what, what are we like, what are we observing in ourselves that tells us whether we might be in that pattern? Um, and so on. I would think, I mean, like those new exciting hits of relationship feel good and it is like a drug. And so I can see for people that just seeking that out again and again can be really rewarding. And if it's working for them, great. Uh, but then if it's, if, if you find yourself feeling alone and isolated, or if it feels like a, it's an escapism as opposed to enjoyment, um, I guess that's the time to sort of explore why you're doing that and why, like for, for many people, it is a protective thing, right? So if you never get too in depth, no one can ever see you as who you are for real, right? It can always be perfect and rosy. Uh, and I think that feels safe. I've definitely been in those places in relationships where I'm like, oh, now you know this thing about me. I don't think I want you around to remind me of that about myself anymore. You know, like, like I was perfect in your eyes and now I am not. And I can never undo. I can never take away this knowledge you have about me now. Um but man, that's, yeah, you have this like opportunity and a new relationship to start out fresh and to be like just a hundred percent. And then you start falling into your patterns or whatever. And, uh, you go, Oh no, not again. It's so funny. Cause I, this is something that because I'm aware of it and I'm aware that of how it works, I do sort of the opposite in relationships, um, where I'm just like, here's all of me. I don't want any of this new relationship energy. Like there's no perfection here. Like I'm so <laughs> paranoid of like falling from grace that mm. I, and cause like things, even I don't wear makeup because I never wanted to wear makeup, have someone be attracted to me because I wear makeup. And then the first time they see me without, they're like, Oh, and so <laughs> even since I was a kid, this was something that I was like, I have to be 
straight up, no fantasy, nothing. Uh, and even sometimes when people are like, oh, you're you're really cool or something. And I'm like, yeah, well, sometimes, but not always. Like, you're going to yeah. need to get to I'll know. I'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll disappoint you. Yeah, I'll exactly. I'll disappoint the hell out I, of you. I, like, I, I am very distrustful of that, like, new relationship energy where everything feels perfect because I was like – all you're going to have later is, oh, remember when things were perfect and now it sucks. And I hate, like, I'm very afraid of that. Oh man, that <laughs> resonates so hard. Like, you know, like when you get into a relationship and it's like lasts more than the, that energy and then, you know, things are not as rosy and somebody says something like, when are we going to get back to the way things were? Yeah. And it's always like, never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't go back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's only forward. Yes. Yeah. I, God damn it. I'm just such a, I'm just such a, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, <laughs> I am, I'm, 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 I, I like, I see my, my life as like the notebook, you know, like I'm walking through <laughs> the world with like a fucking original soundtrack and, and, uh, it's, I, it, it's funny. I think we had this conversation once, Brad, where we were like, are we like, are, 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 do you see yourself as romantic or like, do you consider yourself romantic or, and uh, I think when we had that conversation, I was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that fucking means. Like, am I romantic now? I'm like, Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent, like 1000%. <laughs> I know that that's, that's what I am. That's all I am. I see. I think I fall into the camp more of like, I get a little squeamish when people start being overly affectionate yeah. mm-hmm. and I've never yeah. understood that about myself. I don't, I don't really know why or where that comes from. I, I would explain it to myself in that like physical and verbal expressions of love weren't really the love languages that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I don't like when they're said to me, I almost feel like, okay. And also with you, do you know that kind <laughs> of like, <Yes. laughs> like I also think you're attractive. Like, is that, <laughs> is that the correct response to these compliments? Because I don't, uh, I don't know what else to do. I'm very uncomfortable. I wish it wasn't like that though. I wish I was definitely more graceful with that and could be because every partner I've ever had is like, please tell me Mm. what you feel. Please Mm -hmm. make physical contact with me to tell me how you feel. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know how to do that in a, in an authentic way, Mm -hmm. like a way that is coming actually from my heart. It just feels like a gesture. Yeah, yeah, I have. I'm very similar in that regard. Um, and my nickname is the Ice Queen <laughs> yeah. in, in my house. Just in your house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. But I remember even as a kid, my parents have been together forever. And I remember this one time they were like holding hands while ice skating. And I was mortified. And so I don't know where it came from, but I'm totally uncomfortable with physical affection or, yeah, being overly effusive about things. And my ex-husband actually, early on in our relationship, he, it was our first Valentine's Day. And I hate Valentine's Day. I think it's ridiculous, et cetera. He, like, planned this whole trip and did all this stuff. And I I was like, we we had been dating for, like, six months. And I was like, this was lovely. Don't ever do this again. (laughs) Oh no. Cuz I was like this isn't real. This is yeah. like fake movie romance. <laughs> I know. We've been the, we've been, Jeremy and I have been the same way and then and then when when Jeremy and Becca were um together, they would they would like buy each other Christmas presents and like do nice things on Valentine's Day and I was like, "Wait a second. I thought we agreed <laughs> that we don't we're not into that." And then as it was happening, I was like, "Oh, it's just me." And uh in my new in my new partnership, it's like it's like I'm like, "Yeah, I don't really care too much for 
holidays and but i could see just like heartbreaking at that i'm like okay hey I'll, man <coughs> I, wait, i'll, I'll Becca, love holidays back and i didn't do shit for valentine's day i i was pretty i'm pretty staunch on valentine's day is a crock of shit <laughs> fuck valentine every day is valentine's day in, in my mind you know <laughs> this guy if, at least for the next four yeah, months yeah, at least for the next four months <laughs> Uh, what can, you know, this might be too broad of a question, but like, Mm -hmm. what can we, what, what sorts of tools can we take from this information that we know about how our nervous systems, how our, how hormones affect us in these times of relationships, whether that be, you know, in a brand new relationship or whether that be five years down the road Mm -hmm. in a relationship that we've been in for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think just knowing that that those initial feelings will fade over time and that's normal and that's healthy and your body will adapt to that. But that it doesn't mean that um, you're not still very in love with this person. It's just your body can't sustain that level of intensity. And mm-hmm. also just knowing, yeah, that these things will change over time. So Helen Fisher uh, is an anthropologist who works with neuroscientists, and she talks about the that our bodies essentially have three systems, a lust system, an attraction system, and an attachment system. And different ones can be activated at different times with the same person. They could be activated for different people. So for example, you might have you know, lust and sexual desire for one person that you're maybe not even that attracted to on a romantic level Um, Mm. and vice versa. You might, you know, fall in love with someone that you're not lusting after. Um, And so that there are different components that sometimes all go together and sometimes don't. Uh, And then also just the ideas of bringing back any kind of novelty into a relationship that can be kind of get those juices going again and get that dopamine activated but also as you shift into the attachment type thing part where that's like dependent on uh, oxytocin uh, and vasopressin, which nobody ever talks about vasopressin, but it's. I've never, never heard, heard of heard vasopressin. That. I know it's uh, it. So they're both neuropeptides, oxytocin and vasopressin. They they're both involved in bonding and attachment in animals. It seems like vasopressin is more important for males and oxytocin is more important for females, but we don't totally mm know how that works in humans. Uh, But those systems can allow for more safety, like from an attachment perspective, when you're in a beginning of a relationship, it feel, it can feel very unsafe and it's signaling to your body, lack of safety potentially, uh, which is why it feels so exciting or terrifying, depending on how Mm. you interpret it, but that the attachment bonds that form over the long term can help you feel safe, can help regulate your nervous system um, and that the, the shifts that happen over time are can be really beneficial and helpful in different ways. Mm. That's Very really cool. good to yeah. know. Yeah. I, is there like um, in in have you like Esther Burrell talks about this all the time? Like what happens in a, in affairs and mm-hmm. um, like that neuroscience and um, that I guess that would be a similar thing. Like you know you meet someone who brings all this sort of novelty mm-hmm. and excitement to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, from, I, I guess I'm looking now at these things going, going long term. What, like in terms of the polyamory piece, mm-hmm. have, have you done much personal study on like, sort of like 
how these you can feel these feelings for multiple people at the same time and mm-hmm. and what what that looks like in comparison i'm just thinking like if this is a if this is a, a primal thing of like someone needs to protect these babies mm-hmm. um then like what what is happening in in the polyamorous sort of sphere mm-hmm. with those chemicals it's interesting because within the attachment literature, like the big attachment people are very much like, you can only pair bond with one person. But there's been a lot of pushback from poly people and polytherapists saying, actually, no, you bond with people all the time. Like, for example, as a child, you can bond with both your parents, but also other caregivers. Um, and if you have children, you can you don't just bond with one child. <laughs> um, and so there's absolutely no reason why you can't have these intense attachment bonds with multiple romantic partners as well. Um, and so in terms of what that looks like in the brain, it would look the same. And they've done studies, for example, comparing um, maternal love in the brain versus uh, romantic love. And there's a lot of overlap, but there's some differences like the um, like lust piece, for example, obviously doesn't come out. Your brain doesn't respond in a lustful way towards uh, your offspring, but the the underlying stuff that contributes to attachment and long-term commitment and bonding there's no reason why that has to happen with only one romantic partner okay so i guess we have to look at the other side of the coin like a few (laughs) weeks before jeremy started getting all high on new love Mm -hmm. he really wanted to talk about breaking up right what's going on in Mm -hmm. the brain when you're breaking up Mm -hmm. um so if I'm to guess, mm-hmm. I would say it's the op- It's what you're saying. It's a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> okay. Fuck, so really. That, that makes, yeah, yeah. Yep. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And you yeah. can physically feel it. It is like yeah. withdrawing from a drug. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why do we talk about it as a, as a happening in the heart? Do you know? That's a good question. I wonder if because of those like the adrenaline piece of it, like it does often hurt your heart. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know why. Does the heart have, like, I know the gut is like our second Mm -hmm. brain. Is there something going on with the heart where it's like sort of shooting out its own messages? Not that I know of. It's getting a lot of input, but I, I think it's controlled by, for example, our guts and our brains, but I don't know. If, I think the heart itself is just hanging out there, just in the middle, yeah. trying to keep trying to keep them all, everybody together. Yeah, yeah. Got it. All right. Um, okay. Well, my my brain is totally swimming. I love this kind of information. I just I think it's there's something that's really a, a huge relief to know that like, well, it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a mm-hmm. it's it has like yes, my thoughts which I assume are also some kind of chemistry, are affecting how I feel, but I can almost have more compassion for myself when I go, oh, my body, my nervous system is just regulating and deregulating. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm just along for the, the ride. Mm-hmm. Like my personality is just like riding this wave. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I find that to be really um, soothing. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. some people would find it really inter- terrifying. Yeah, I'm, having I'm sh- the control. <clears throat> yeah, I'm mm. sure people would, but I, I'm with you, Brad. Like, I feel like it. Um, I feel like having that knowledge almost gives me the ability to just remember that. Um, that yeah, that it's like 
it almost even though even though it's kind of out of your control it gives you this thought that like okay well at least i'm in control of of my own thoughts surrounding the knowledge that this is like this is a, an actual internal process that like my body is just going to go through mm. you know and uh and i'm not i'm not crazy you know what i mean like 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 there's there there were there were moments there were moments in in those like initial couple of weeks where i was going am i so unreasonable <laughs> like am i just so f- out fucking out of it like is any, nobody else is there's nobody else like this there's nobody else who reacts this way to new love <laughs> i must be crazy you know like and now now knowing the the sort the getting a glimpse at the way it actually is manifesting internally it's like oh wait no this is just you know you wouldn't say that if you were high on high on cocaine going this is forever. <laughs> Am I the only one who reacts to this like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, we're all like this, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- th- Lisa Dawn, thank you for, for taking the time to sit down and, and, uh, and to, to sort through some of the, uh, the internal works of new relationship energy and love and, and breakups. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear our listeners thoughts. We have a very, mm. we have a very active, engaged, uh, listenership and we get lots of emails, lots of writing. And so I'm really excited to hear what people's thoughts are on, on all of this. Cause for me, this was like, this is kind of mind blowing. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I just hope, I hope, you know, like sharing this kind of information helps people be more compassionate with each other as well. Mm. Like when people are going through hard things and, and it, it can be, uh, yeah, I just think to have someone who can kind of um, say, hey, what you're going through is totally chemical and totally absolutely normal and uh, and totally relatable is, as long as it's making people feel more peaceful with their experiences and really, really happy mm-hmm. and to share this. Yeah. yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for having me. This was awesome. baby oh hi we are back <laughs> and uh, that was our conversation with lisa don hamilton uh i hope you enjoyed that i hope you took a little nugget from that and uh, tucked it away in your little in your little fanny pack or purse um and uh and <laughs> it just a little deep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to, well, well, let's wrap this up. I'm going to, I'm actually going to the spa today too. I'm going to go back up. to the spa. I'm actually, I, so I, when I went out there last week, I was like, I'm going to go once a week to the spa. That's going to be myself. And I'm not going to invite Bridie. Practice. Well, like, yeah, I'll, I'll invite you whenever you want to come. Is it co-ed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it had, it had like. Nope. Different nope. days for different. Genitals. No. 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 A- anybody with any any genital, any uh, any yeah, or, I- identification, anyone can go at any and all times. Except nobody from New Brunswick can go right now. Uh, yeah, you fucking in New Brunswick, you stay the fuck there. <laughs> you stay there. Stay, don't you dare cut, cross that stay line. Stay in your house. Stay in your house. Um, all right. We love all of you so much. We appreciate you for tuning in every week. 
Uh, Bridie is back in Nova Scotia. So excited to have her back. Uh, and we've got some fun conversations lined up for you in the coming weeks and months. That is, uh, and you know, before I even say the tagline there at the end, uh, you can follow us on social media. Go to Instagram. If you aren't getting enough of the podcast here, you can get more of it over on Instagram at Turn Me On Podcast. We have lots of butts, butts, butts. I'm really proud of our Instagram, actually. I think it's really appealing to the eye when you go to that page. You're like, this page has its shit together. Um, Man. It does. Yeah, yeah, it'll make you horny. (laughs) And uh, if you like what you see there and you want to reach out to us um, uh, for any reason at all, maybe be a guest on the show or guest recommendations, we love those. Um, You can reach us uh, through our email, termionpodcast at gmail.com or on our website at termionpodcast.com. And thank you, everybody who has joined us on Patreon. Um, That makes our our experience uh, in doing this so much sweeter knowing that uh that we are delivering something that you value with your hard-earned money and it enables us to keep on doing this week after week for you so thank you right. thank you so much that's right serbs drying up folks get over to patreon.com <laughs> slash turn me on and uh, give us your money we need your money to support this podcast <laughs> and uh, hey you can watch us talk to each other over at patreon because we are videoing our Four plays from here on out. Sometimes we don't even get dressed. <laughs> yep. So, uh, all right. That is it for this week. Until next week. Surprise. I'm not going to tell you to go fuck yourself anymore because I feel like we've graduated from that. What? No. Fuck you. That is that we can't. That's the best. That's Until the best next line. week, go put your hands in your own pants. Oh, my God. Until next week, go finger your butthole. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.